Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually and then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 256 of Selling the Couch. Hope you are having a wonderful day. So today's podcast conversation is a topic that we've definitely talked about on the podcast, but it's definitely one where I feel like we should continue to have conversations on, which is the topic of money. I know that for many of us, we have very strong stories and very strong internal narratives around money and how we talk about money and how we think about money impacts a lot of the work that we do in the world, things like how we charge and the businesses we build and all of those different things. I wanted to invite you to download the free online course guide if you are thinking about launching an online course and just want some things that have been helpful uh, for me and some of the tough lessons that I learned along the way. You can again download that over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. And as I mentioned right at the beginning, we're actually starting a live cohort called Online Course School. This is a great opportunity to join with other therapists to validate and launch and record your online course. The best way to find out about this and to keep updated when the cohort launches is to download, again, the online course guide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. Today, I'm joined by Michael Spencer. Michael is a holistic declutter coach. Her website is at letspurify.energy. And Michael has a very interesting background. So she was actually in the accounting and auditing space prior to a transition to a career in the mental health field. And you would uh, imagine that having that sort of experience, you would be really good with money. But Michael, one of the things that I'm just so appreciative about Michael is she's just open and willing to talk about, you know, the things that she's still trying to figure out, especially around money and owning money. And as you'll hear on this podcast conversation, when Michael made this career transition, and she made it because she wanted to find a a career that brought her greater meaning and purpose. But one of the biggest challenges she ran into was really struggling with charging her worth and figuring out what to charge. And and it really impacted a lot of different stuff, especially around creativity and even being able to clearly speak to who she was serving through her work as a holistic declutter coach. And so today's podcast conversation, we're going to break down 
Some of the biggest things that Michael was taught about money growing up, and uh, just to give you a heads up, every one of those that that Michael shared, it really resonated with me. And I feel like it's something that would resonate with a, a lot of a lot of us that are listening. And then we're going to talk about how some of these beliefs have intersected with her career. And so how did it impact her business, right? These narratives and not owning those narratives and not really, or either just sort of not being aware of those narratives or not doing the work around those narratives. How did those impact her career? And then we we wrap up with three realizations that Michael's had as a result of doing this deep work and how she's been able to really move forward. And uh, so I'm looking forward to this conversation. So we'll get right to it. Here's my conversation with Michael Spencer from Let's Purify Energy. Hey, Michael, welcome to Selling the Couch. Oh, thanks for having me, Melvin. I'm excited for our conversation. One because you have a background in money-related matters, <laughs> but also because I know that you have done so much work around money. And I, spe- I feel like, especially this year, I feel like you've done a ton of work around money. And I know that money and owning our money stories and charging our worth, these are all things I think many, many clinicians, particularly heart-centered, mission-driven clinicians really struggle with. And so I'm really grateful for the space and uh, grateful for the opportunity to have this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about kind of the first question to, to share with you and as I mentioned, you've done a lot of deep work around money. What were you taught about money just growing up? I would say a couple of the things that I picked up were that you can't make money and especially really good money doing something that you love. That's a powerful message. Yeah. And I I don't think it was until, like you were saying, like until this year as I was doing a much deeper dive you know, I had done a lot of work over the years around abundance and mindset and affirmations and and all of that sort of stuff, but I don't think that I had really um, touched on these deeper things that were really unconsciously slash subconsciously holding me back. I would say another one, and this was probably even more shocking to me, was the belief that if you make money, you'll be obligated to give it to family members in need. Oh, wow. Okay. That your money is not really your money to do with what you want, but it's, um, it's, it's for others, right? Yeah. And what a good way. Yeah. What a good way to put that. I I hadn't phrased it that way in the past and that really resonates. That is how it felt. Um, Any other things that you were taught? So I just wanted to just comment on that, that I think I realized that I was almost keeping myself poor so I wouldn't have to set boundaries if I needed to. Oh, wow. So, that's a, that's like super, okay. Yeah, really mind-blowing. And then the other thing, and I don't know that this was something that I learned from growing up, although I'm sure it has roots somewhere. Something that I realized that was happening was that in the past several years, my husband was making really good money. And there was this question for me around, is it okay for me to want more? Is it okay for him to be making really good money and me to also be making good money? And you know, was that asking for too much? And so there was just a lot of really skewed thinking that I hadn't really been aware of. These are like such deep 
sort of things. I mean, and I mean, one, I think before I even like dive any deeper, like really, and I don't say this like with any sort of like, I guess like a surface level comment, but more like, man, really like props to you for even like thinking through and doing this work because like each of these are not like, oh yeah, this is what I was taught about money. (laughs) These are like real heavy. I mean, for me, even like each one of these, like definitely resonated for me, you know? So I wanted to just share like, I mean, it's, it's amazing. You found the courage. Um, And maybe that's something I wanted to ask you, like, how did you find that courage to even ask yourself these questions? Well, what had happened is that my husband stopped, like he kind of retired from the career that he was in. And so that started really impacting our finances. But the career that he had been in was highly stressful. It was really, really taking a toll on him. And he started sharing with me that he was becoming resentful of me because I wasn't bringing in much money. And that I think was really the catalyst for me to go, I have to look at what is going on here. I had my relationship with him is so important to me and I want it to be healthy and thriving. And I want our, I want us to be able to meet, you know, the goals and dreams that we've been working toward. And if I'm not addressing this deeper stuff, And if my, you know, obviously if my husband is building resentment toward me, we're not going to be able to do that. And so I think it was, it was those conversations that we started having that gave me the push to go into those really uncomfortable places. What a way to like, just honor your commitment to your husband, you know, to like, not just take something that was said and just being like, whatever, you know? but actually like doing that work. And because you realized it was like for your marriage, you know? And then I think too, Melvin, as I started digging deeper into that, it was definitely for our marriage and and definitely out of respect for that commitment and respect for my husband. And then I also had to start looking deeper and going, what's going on here that, you know, I wasn't making money to be able to pay my bills. And so I also needed to develop that sense of self-respect to go, it's important for me to be able to make my way in the world. What do you think was going on? Well, I think that belief around you can't make money doing something that you love was at play. You know, my first career was in accounting and auditing and, you know, I, I had a great salaried position and yeah, was making quote unquote, good money, and then decided that I wanted to leave the field because I wanted to pursue something that would be more fulfilling on a soul level. And so I went back for my master's degree in mental health counseling. And so, you know, I not only was pursuing something that would light me up more, and it's also a field that isn't known for paying people well, it isn't known for valuing that work financially. And so I think I got caught up in my own personal stuff. And then also, you know, some of those old archaic messages about the helping professions didn't help. Yeah, right. It's a lot of like, I guess, multiple layers and multiple, yeah, just, I guess, multiple layers of it, right? I wanted to ask you, so this is something I have struggled with, and I wanted to pick your brain on this. So I feel like, again, 
all of these phrases have rung true to me. And I would even add like another one, even as we were talking is like, it's like sort of this, like, if something makes money, I still need to be like self-sacrificing, right? Like I need to show like, I'm almost like a martyr. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's a strong word, but like, I don't even know if that makes sense. But when I have, you know, when I have realizations like this, and I'm curious about you, like, this can feel super overwhelming, right? So when you had these realizations, like what happened? And then how did you like move through it and navigate through it? Mm, well, I was reading a book by Barbara Stanny um, called Overcoming Under Earning. And that provided such beautiful structure and support. It's like, you know, all these different exercises to work through. And so I think having that book helped provide a little bit of a container and also gave me some hope about the process and that, you know, there are stories in there of all these different, particularly a lot of women who have overcome their under earning habits. So that was helpful. And then I was also, and I, and I continue to do some therapeutic work every other week with a clinician. And that has also been vital to the process. So you know, I'm not going through it alone and not just relying on my husband or friends to talk about this stuff with. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I don't know, I, I was talking with a, a friend last week and I felt like one of the real recent realizations I've had is, you know, there are some vital pieces as a small business owner like you need to have, right? Like, I think it's really good to have like a good administrative assistant. I think it's good to have like a good tax person. I think it's good to like have like a good bookkeeper, right? And I think it's really good to have a good therapist because even for me, like, especially in this COVID season, I've been in therapy like on and off, you know, throughout throughout most of like my, yes, definitely young adult life. But I recently like got back into therapy because I realized like there's a lot of stuff here that, you know, it's like, for me, it's like, there's a lot of pain and shame and guilt and all of this stuff, right? And like, in order to work through this, like I can't, yeah, I just can't rely on Susan, my wife, right? I can't, I, like I have to do the work. I need somebody to like navigate this with, you know? Any one of us can benefit from, you know, therapy or counseling. And in my case, I'm doing a particular type of work called journey work, which is a little bit different. And so this person is a, a licensed therapist and it's still, you know, that place to be able to pause and explore and, you know, really be with what's coming up. I wanted to ask you and shift a little bit, which is, so you've had these realizations, you can't make good money doing something you love. Second one is if you make money, you'll be obligated to give back to your family, right? Like the money is not your own. And then the third one is, is it okay for me to want more? Is that asking too much? Like somehow I would be greedy because I'm already comfortable, which is definitely something I struggle with as well. How has these, like, how has those things, how have they intersected with your career? And not even just like at an abstract level, but like, I would love to even hear like the nitty gritty, the, you know, the, at the, like the real level, like how, how has this played out? Well, I think what it's done in my holistic decluttering business where I'm coaching folks is that it's allowing me to get more clear about my marketing and kind of getting over some hurdles that I think have been holding me back. For instance, for the longest time, I did not have any copy, like any actual words on the homepage of my website. 
I have a website and it didn't have any real uh, copy on it. You know, it had a nice banner photo with the tagline and then, you know, sign up for my email newsletter and then, you know, some links to different pages, but no compelling copy, no welcome, no real connection with the people who are going to be looking at this. This is something that I have needed to take care of and wanted to take care of in my business for over two years. And just in the past month or so, I finally have, as you know, you've seen it, Melvin, I have copy on my website and I feel on my homepage and I feel good about it. And I know that part of what I want to do in terms of marketing strategy is to start doing more networking. And I feel like the website is such an important piece so that as I'm talking with people about the work that I do, I can direct them there and they can direct people there as they're connecting with folks who may be my ideal client. So I know that had I not done the money work, I would not have been able to get through that hurdle of finding the words, feeling confident in the words, and really letting myself be seen and heard on my own website. Yeah, I had this like image, like this image like popped up in my mind of almost like a river that was meant to flow in a certain way, but something was impeding it. And only when you took, only when that thing that was impeding it, you know, like it stopped or it was removed where it, it started to flow in the direction and the, the pace and the flow that it needed to. Exactly. That's a beautiful way to say it. And I, and I can almost feel that in my energy system, you know, like some blocks have been removed and now energy, particularly creative energy can move where it needs to go. Yeah. And that's actually a great way of thinking about it. Cause I think a lot of times when we think about money, it's sort of, you know, like, okay, this is how many clients I want to see. This is how much I need to charge based on that. These are my, you know, these are my expenses, all of those things. But you're right. Like there is this side thing of really working on our money stuff, which is it opens up that creative energy. And, and I'll tell you, like I saw, I mean, I was very like fortunate. So thank you for just even allowing me to see that some of that copy. And I, I noticed like a huge difference. Like you brought yourself into it, you know, and you started to really own what you do, right? As opposed to, I don't know if it felt like this way, but again, this is sort of what came in my mind, but like, this is what I want to do, but I'm not like sure I want to show everybody this is, you know, like that sort of reluctance. Right. And I think this is another, and this is maybe a little bit more ethereal, if you will. And it's with the money stuff, like getting more clear about my right, if you will, like that it's okay for me to earn money that, and that it can be my money to make healthy decisions with. There's this maturation that's happening. So I'm feeling more uh, grounded in adulthood. And so that in and of itself, I think is helping me to show up in a more clear way in my business. It's a tough journey, but it's in some ways, it's beautiful to see it like as it unravels, you know? Right. And I think another thing in terms of how all of this, these messages that I've been realizing have intersected with career is because Let's Purify isn't, you know, my coaching business isn't fully supporting me yet. 
I have allowed myself to take on some accounting and bookkeeping side work. And so it feels so good to be earning money, to be bringing in more consistent income to support my household, to support myself. Yeah. And I would think like, I don't know, like at an emotional level, well, a couple of things. One at emotional level is just the fact that there's revenue and that you've actually opened yourself up to that perspective. Like, hey, I have a background in accounting. Like that doesn't mean that I can't do that work right now. Like it's not an either or situation, right? Right. And I think you're, I mean, it's beautiful too, because you're saying there's a different energy when there's revenue coming in from something else, because then I think it it helps you really, what's the word? Like it, I would imagine it helps you come from a place of intention as opposed to a place of like anxiety or worry or fear. Yes. That's a great way to say it. Yeah. That's like really, really cool. I I mean, I think the big thing I'm also taking away is even just like taking a step back and saying like, what are some of those other skill sets, you know, that I have that, you know, that I can be innovative with. Yeah. Right. And and I think that's felt freeing for me. I think I'd kind of put myself in a box of like, if I'm going to be, you know, have my own business and it's this particular business, then that's where the money has to come from. And so it wasn't allowing, I wasn't allowing money to flow from other channels as I'm building this business. Absolutely. Michael, I wanted to shift a little bit and go a little bit deeper. So what, what three realizations have you had as a result of doing this money work? I think definitely the piece around my need to have better emotional boundaries around family, you know, that's been a a big realization. And it's interesting because once I brought that belief to the forefront, it became much easier to it's like bringing that belief to the forefront, realizing it was there, getting over the shock of it because I didn't, I wasn't expecting that to be there. And then allowing this maturation to take place, the boundary setting, and some of that has even been internal, that it's like, oh, I can say yes and I can say no. I can make choices. That's just been so powerful. So I think it's been really good to recognize that you know, supporting myself and feeling more grounded in adulthood, being able to pay my bills is a really good thing. And then setting boundaries around that with family is not only acceptable, you know, it's a vital thing to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and was this, uh, I guess, did you, and again, uh, as much as you're comfortable sharing, was this like, uh, was this actual conversations you ended up having with family? Like, so I guess what I'm asking is like, how much of it was sort of in your mind about like, these are the expectations that will happen versus sort of what the actual expectations were? There haven't been specific conversations with family members and that has felt okay to me because for me, it's been a very internal process of just getting to know what my boundaries are. Should those questions arise from family members of, of going, okay, this is how I'll navigate this if this should come up. Yeah, it's almost like um, you have a plan to move forward with intention as opposed to like, oh my gosh, this conversation comes up and now I'm going to react to it, you know? Exactly. Yes. That's cool. What other realizations have you had? You know, I think I may have said this a little bit earlier, but the realization, let me say it this way, you know how 
sometimes in our culture these days, people will say like, oh, I don't want to adult today and I hate adulting. I love adulting. <laughs> I love being a grown-up person in charge of my life, earning money, paying my bills, taking care of myself. That feels really, really good to me. And that's and not that it didn't before. I just didn't realize how much the financial piece of my life I had really let slide. And so now that I've reclaimed that and you know, I'm feeling more empowered in terms of entrepreneurship and my ability to generate money, it it feels really, really good. That's cool. Owning the season of life that you're in hmm. instead of running from it, sort of embracing it. Yes. Yes, I love that. And I'm trying to think if there are any other realizations per se. I mean, I think I think in this moment I can say that it's very important to me to feel like an equal partner with my husband. And I don't mean that our incomes need to be matching at all, just that you know, I can take care of myself and contribute to our household and he can take care of himself and contribute to our household. And, you know, of course, everyone has different time periods in their relationship where, you know, levels of contribution may wax and wane. So again, it's not about, you know, matching 50-50. And it's really been a beautiful thing for me to be able to show up more in our relationship financially than I had been the past several years. Hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. And Michael, I want to wrap up with a a question, which is, what are you the most proud of in having done this work? I think it's, it's showing up for myself, which means that I can also show up for my clients, I can show up for my husband, I can show up for my family, you know, in a much more clear way. I feel really proud of that. Um, That's such a, a beautiful way of putting it. It's almost like, you realized it's that image, right? Like you realized if you're like, if we're all vessels, right. And you are, and you are full, right. And you do those things to take care of yourself, then you can just better serve those who you love and care about. Absolutely. Michael, I'm just so grateful for you. Grateful for the space, grateful for your courage to do this work, because I I know that many of us are on this journey around money. Many of us have just deep and painful experiences with money. And I'm just grateful for your courage to even share your journey with us. And yeah, so I just wanted to say that one. And then second, where can we learn more about you and uh, some of the awesome stuff that you're doing in the world? Yeah, my holistic decluttering business is Let's Purify, and that is at letspurify.energy. And I have a podcast, the Let's Purify, well, it's Let's Purify's holistic decluttering podcast, and that can be found on the website as well as pretty much all of the major podcast players. Sweet. Thank you, Michael. Yeah. I'm really am grateful for you, and uh, have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Melvin. Bye. Hey there, hope you enjoyed my conversation with Michael. And especially if you are in a season where you've really struggled to own your money story and it's impacted various levels of your business, I hope that uh, today's podcast conversation has just been helpful for you. I was reflecting on this podcast conversation and I think one of the biggest takeaways that I learned is just the importance of doing money work, not just in like a season, but like really constantly doing it. In fact, one of the things that I I did after this podcast conversation is actually block off a little 
section, just a little 30-minute block of time every week just to be intentional about working on my money stuff because for me it's like so deeply rooted and you know when you intersect you know at least for me it's like when you intersect things that you've grown up with with regard and then also you know things like being the oldest in my family all of these different things there's a lot of stuff there and and I realize that I I still have a long way to go in this work and so Michael mentioned a book which is called Overcoming Under Earning just in case you missed it uh, you can find that on the show notes page, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 256. But uh, it's a great book. I actually have started reading it. And I was telling Michael after I finished up our conversation that I really need to jump back into that book because uh, it was really, it was good and it was powerful. And as we wrap up, uh, again, just wanted to say thank you for taking the time to to listen to the podcast. These conversations have just been fun and enlightening, and I feel like I learn so many things about myself, and I hope that you are also continuing to learn more about yourself and how you can grow as a business owner, because uh, ultimately, that's what it's all about, right? Hey, friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Have a great rest of your day and I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.